0: Standing on the platform of truth. Pioneer Health and Missions. Where possible, we kneel in a word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, Father, I pray thy abiding presence with us now. I pray that thou wilt bless the reading of thy word. And ask that thy word may glorify thee. And I pray also that thy servant may glorify thee. Please grant that my lips may be sanctified. That that which is spoken may be to thy honor and glory. And I pray, Father, grant to us all ears that we may hear. What thy spirit is saying unto the church. We desire not to be hearers only. But doers of thy word And to this end father we bless thee and thank thee and ask all in Jesus' name Amen Subject today Is going to be in first Corinthians Chapter 11 Other foundation can no man lay we're going to be looking at The foundation that God has laid for us as a people And I want to begin by inviting us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I think I said chapter 11. Chapter 3. We're going to read verses 10 through 13. Paul says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. We are told very plainly that other foundation can no man lay than that which hath been laid. The foundation has been laid and it has been laid by God. Paul says that he worked as a master builder, as a wise master builder. To do what? To lay the foundation. This tells me that the foundation spoken of here was a foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. We are told that it is none other than Jesus Christ. But we know that it is not simply Jesus Christ in person that is here referred to. But Jesus in another way. In John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39. Jesus says, search the scriptures For in them ye think ye have life eternal, and they are they which testify of me. It is the word of God which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, which reveals Jesus Christ, which in a special way is the foundation that was laid. We know that foundation is Jesus Christ, but it is Jesus through his word. And it was the apostles and prophets that laid that foundation as master builders For us, no other foundation can be laid. No man can lay another foundation. The foundation has already been laid. It's not for us to lay a new foundation, to seek another foundation. I want us to turn to Isaiah chapter 28. The prophet Isaiah, under inspiration, speaks of the laying of this foundation. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Here the prophet under inspiration speaks of this foundation that was laid. And it was laid in Zion. Zion being the, the form or the type of God's people. A representation. Of God's people. Zion represents the mountain of the Lord. His holy habitation. The place of God's people. And God has laid a foundation. For his people. That foundation according to the Apostle Paul. Is Jesus Christ. That we have seen also that it is his word. That word was laid down by the Apostles. And the prophets. And is to us that foundation stone, that tried stone, proven. It is a precious cornerstone given to us, a sure foundation. Notice also, coming down through the ages, we come to the last days. In Isaiah chapter 58, the prophet speaks again of this foundation, Which had been laid for God's people. Isaiah chapter 58, we're going to read verse 12. Here the prophet speaks of a people in the latter days. And he says, And they that shall be of thee, that is of Zion, they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. The foundations were to be obscured, covered, as it were. They had been lost sight of. And in the last days, the Lord God said that those that shall be of thee, the remnant of thy people, would be called a restorer. of of the paths to dwell in. They would be repairs of the breach. They would raise up the foundations of many generations. They would remove the rubble and the filth that had been piled on the foundation which God had laid, His Word. They were spoken of as repairs of the breach. A breach had been made Not only in the law of God, but in his word specifically. Men had sought to impose themselves between God and other men. And in this way, a breach had been made. Man's word has been set in the place of God's word. And a breach indeed has been made. But God prophesied that in the last days there would be a people who would restore the old waste places, those that had been long forsaken, the past that had been long grown over and forsaken, they would be restored. The foundation would once again be restored to its glory, to its appropriate luster. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, says the Lord. And I believe the Lord was looking to our day, a day wherein his remnant people would restore to not only the people of God, but to the world the foundation upon which God's church was to be built. We see a symbol of this, a type of this, in the life of the prophet Elijah. If you turn with me to the book First Kings, chapter 18. We will see an example of this. 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 30. Notice what the prophet writes. He says, "And Elijah said unto all the people, all those that were gathered together upon Mount Carmel that is, come near unto me." And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down strange work it seems but I believe Elijah was instructed of the Lord as an example of those that would come later in the spirit and power of Elijah one of the works that Elijah was to do was to repair that altar that had been broken down symbolizing that the sacrifice the worship of God was no more His altar lay in disrepair. The worship of God was almost altogether abandoned, save but a select few. And Elijah's first work that he did when he called the people to himself upon Mount Carmel, that great scene where God was once again glorified, the very first work that he did was to rebuild that altar, to turn people back to the worship of the true God. In the sight of all Israel, he wiped away the filth. He removed the garment, the garbage. He cleaned it and he repaired it. And it says he also gathered 12 stones, each stone representing one of the 12 tribes of Israel, and repaired that altar as a symbol of what was to come. Elijah was a representation Of those in the last days that were to come. And I believe a representation of the words of the prophet Isaiah. Notice also the words of the prophet Malachi. The last of the Old Testament prophets. In the fourth chapter of his prophecy. Verses 5 and 6. He speaks of this event. In verses 5 and 6 of chapter 4, the prophet Malachi says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Here is prophesied that before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, which is none other than the second coming, ...of the Lord Jesus Christ, the prophet I or Elijah would be sent, not in person, but those who would, there would be those sent in the spirit and power of Elijah to do a work similar to that which the, the prophet Elijah did in his day, turning the heart of the children of Israel back to the Lord their God, repairing that broken down altar restoring, as it were, the foundation of many generations that had been laid waste. There was a work to be done, and God prophesied that before the coming of Christ, a similar circumstance would be among God's people as existed in the days of Elijah, during the time of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, when the worship of God was in many senses prohibited, neglected, cast away. The foundation, God's word, was left in neglect. The worship of God was, in essence, the worship of men. And God was totally disregarded by his people. And so he sent the prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of his people back to him. That was the great work of one of the greatest Old Testament prophets. And God said that before the coming of Jesus... There would be those who would be sent in the spirit and power of Elijah to do a very similar work. Notice also, in the book of Moses, entitled Leviticus, chapter 23, this same work is spoken of. It is used, I should say, one of the great feasts spoken of in the sanctuary service. The typical yearly service. Is representative of that great work. Notice its language. Moses wrote. Speak unto the children of Israel. Saying in the seventh month. In the first day of the month. Shall ye have a Sabbath. A memorial of blowing of trumpets. And holy convocation. This feast became known. As a feast of trumpets. Why a trumpet? A trumpet is a symbol. It represents a message. And specifically, a message of warning. Something was to come. And we know that on the tenth day of this same month, the Day of Atonement was coming. And the day of the Feast of Trumpets was a proclamation of the approaching Day of Judgment of God it was to be a message given to all the people that that day approached and it was symbolized by a trumpet and did you know that in the book of Revelation that there is a message speaking of the approaching of the judgment of God that is also likened unto a loud trumpet a message given to God's people a loud warning to be given to the people of God. We can read it in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. In Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, this similar language is used to describe messages that are sent to God's people, warning them of the approach of the day of judgment. It says, very similar to that of Elijah, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, returning men back to the worship of the one true God, whose worship had been neglected, whose foundation had been left a waste. There was a message to be given by God's people, symbolized by the Old Testament prophet Elijah, wherein that old waste place that foundation which God had laid would be restored to its purity. All these symbols, Old Testament and New Testament, prophesy of a time of judgment to come. When the cases of all must be decided. But before that time should come, God promised that there would be a work done That God would provide a sure foundation for His people. He would not leave them in ignorance. He would not leave them in darkness. He would not leave for them a mixture of falsehood with truth. But He would restore to them a pure foundation. Before that judgment would be rendered. He would restore the paths wherein they were to dwell. His word would be restored to its rightful place that standard which would make for the judgment of his people would be restored so that all may have that measure to see for themselves, that all may read the word of God for themselves and know what it is that God required of them. God is a God of justice. He is a God of equity and fairness. And he would not bring upon men judgment before he had revealed the standard Of his judgment. So God gave a message. Wherein. That standard would be restored. To his people. The message of truth. Would be restored in all its purity. The writings of the apostles. Would be given. And made once again that foundation. Upon which God's church. Would be built. And we have a prophecy. Prophecies plural. Given to us telling us of this very event. And we know that the giving of those messages prophesied in Revelation 14 have come. That time has come. The time has come for us. God has given to us and restored to us that foundation. It is a work that is typified by these angels. Their work is to restore that foundation. To be repairs of the breach that has been made. God is calling for people today. He's waiting for those who will lift their voices like a trumpet and warn. I want to share with you some words from the pen of inspiration regarding these events. This is taken from the Testimonies for the Church, Volume 8, page 297. There, the author says, Let none seek to tear away the foundations of our faith, the foundations that were laid at the beginning of our work by prayerful study of the word and by revelation. Upon these foundations we have been building for the last 50 years. Men may suppose that they have found a new way and that they can lay a stronger foundation than that which has been laid. But this is a great deception. Other foundation can no man lay than that which has been laid. Now you will notice, I'm stopping here for a moment, that she uses the language of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, regarding the foundation. She uses it in reference to the beliefs that God gave to his church by revelation. Those beliefs are incorporated into that foundation. The truths that God has given to us as a people, as Seventh-day Adventists, at the time of this writing, were the, face that the the truths that make up that foundation. And they are none other than the truths of the Word of God. They're not built upon the teachings, creeds, and dogmas of men. They were built upon the foundation of God's word. They are drawn from his word. That word is the foundation. And God raised up the Seventh-day Adventist church to bring men back to that foundation, back to the word of God. You see, other foundation can no man lay than that which hath been laid. And we know that in the last days... Men would seek to lay other foundation, just as has been done throughout generation, as it was in in the time of the prophet Elijah, and in the time of Christ. Men had sought to interpose themselves between God and their fellow men, to lay another foundation. But we are clearly told that other foundation can no man lay than that which hath been laid. There is no other foundation. The quote continues. Did not the first disciples have to meet the sayings of men? Did they not have to listen to false theories and then, having done all, to stand firm, saying, Other foundation can no man lay, than that is laid? Did not the disciples of, of Christ have to meet such things? Did not they have to face the sayings of men? Has not this been the danger of Christ's church from the time of Christ till now? Even from the time of the Old Testament prophets, beginning at Moses, all the way to the life of Jesus, to the time of Jesus. Was not that the danger that the sayings of men should take the place of the truths of God's word? Yes, But what was to be done? It was to be met. They were to stand firm, saying that other foundation can no man lay. Jesus spent his life pointing men back to the word of God as the rule of their life, as the standard of their faith. And so did the apostles. So have all of God's true people from that time till now. And God prophesied that in the last days, a people would do this very work, restoring paths to dwell in, restoring the foundations of many generations. The section concludes by saying, So we are to hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Words of power have been sent by God and by Christ to this people bringing them out from the world, point by point. Now I want you to notice how it was done, point by point. Keep that in your mind. Into the clear light of present truth, with lips touched with holy fire, God's servants have proclaimed the message. Now here she's speaking of the three angels' messages, the sealing message. God's servants have proclaimed the message. The divine utterance has set its seal to the genuineness of the truth proclaimed. God has set his seal to the truth as given to our pioneers. I believe they were the fulfillment of the prophet Elijah. And that it devolves upon us to follow in their footsteps, to take the torch that God gave them God has laid the foundation, and he has not called for any other man to lay any other foundation than that which he has laid, his word. We are to stand firm upon that foundation, uncompromisingly. And God will have a people who will so do. God has set his seal upon it through revelation Again, a statement taken from Volume 1 of Spiritual Gifts, page 168, in the second paragraph, the author writes these words I saw a company who stood well guarded and firm and would give no countenance to those who would unsentle the established faith of the body. Here I believe those pictured as Elijah are represented. Just as Elijah stood unflinchingly, stood firm, so these people stand well-guarded and unsettled. They could not be unsettled, that is. She continues, God looked upon them with approbation. He was approved. They were approved. I was shown three steps. One, two And three, the first, second, and third angel's messages. Now, these steps lead to the platform. You will notice in the previous quote, I said that he led them out how? Point by point. Three steps. God led his people to the platform of truth. In this same language, he says, Said the angel, Woe to him who shall move a block or stir a pin in these messages. It is these messages that bring people to that platform of truth. She continues. The true understanding of these messages is of vital importance. The destiny of souls hangs upon the manner in which they are received. Now, there should be quotes around these words. Because these are not the words of Sister White. These are the words of her attending angel. She did not say this. The angel sent from heaven did. A true understanding or the true understanding of these messages, the three angels' messages, is of vital importance. That is, your life hangs upon it. The destiny of souls hangs upon the manner in which they are received. She continues, I was again brought down through these messages and saw how dearly, the people of God had purchased their experience. It had been obtained through much suffering and severe conflict. It seems clear to me that these messages represent more than just words. They represent an experience through which God's people are to go through. Similar to which Elijah went through. Similar to which the disciples went through a very similar experience our pioneers went through. And those who in these last days follow in their footsteps, we too will go through a similar experience as we come to know experientially those three angels' messages and what they mean practically to us as a people. Only through them can we come to stand upon that platform of truth. Only as they are received as they truly are, the message sent from God. Continues, step by step, notice again the same language, step by step had God brought them along until He had placed them upon a solid, immovable platform. Then I saw individuals as they approached the platform. Now notice these are not those standing upon the platform, but there are others that approach this platform. Then I saw individuals, as they approached the platform, before stepping upon it, examine the foundation. Some, with rejoicing, immediately stepped upon it. Some joined them, that is. Others, we are told, commenced to find fault with the laying of the foundation of the platform. Some began to criticize the word of God, the foundation that had been laid. The testimonies, she continues, they wished improvements made, and then the platform would be more perfect and the people much happier. In other words, some would come along thinking that they could lay another foundation, improve upon that which God had given. And she saw this in vision as that which was going to come pass. Come to pass in the latter days. That which was coming to pass in her day. At the time in which this was written. Regarding the Adventists. First day Adventists that is. Those who were stepping off the platform. That God had given to them as seventh day Adventists. This history would be repeated. Again. I believe. In these last days. And we can see the fulfillment of it all around us she continues some stepped off the platform and examined it then found fault with it declaring it to be laid wrong i saw that nearly all stood firm upon the platform and exhorted others who had stepped off to cease their complaints for god was the master builder and they were fighting against him They, that is those who remained firm upon that platform, recounted the wonderful work of God. That is, they rehearsed their history and how God had led in their history. They recounted the wonderful work of God which had led them to the firm platform, the three angels' messages. And in union, nearly all raised their eyes to heaven and with a loud voice glorified God. This affected some of those who had complained and left the platform. And again, they with humble look stepped upon it. I believe this prophecy foretells of something that will once again transpire in our day. There are those today who are seeking to find fault with the messages that God has given to us. As a people, with the truths, the distinctive truths, That God has given to us. Through study. Through prayer. But most importantly. Through the revelation of his spirit. By the writings of the spirit of prophecy. God has testified to the truth. Of these truths. The rightness of these truths I should say. And as we hear voices of complaint. In regard to the truth that God has given to us. Our response is to be. A recounting of that history, of the experience that God has given to us as a people, bringing us step by step to that platform of truth. That history must be repeated. The story must be given again. God desires that the truths given would be repeated, that the history would not be forgotten. For we are told that we have nothing to fear for the future save that we shall forget how God has led us and His teaching in our past history. This only we have to fear. And I believe we have reason to fear today. For many have forgotten. Some have stepped off that platform and are seeking to find fault with the teachings and truths that God has given to us. But let us rehearse Let us remember the way in which God has led us. That he has placed his seal of approval upon the truths that are given to us. Will we humble ourselves? If we do, we will be among those who step upon that platform again. God is willing to forgive the testimonies of the church volume 4 in page 595. We read these words. It is as certain that we have the truth as that God lives. And Satan, with all his arts and hellish power, cannot change the truth of God into a lie. Beloved, do you believe that what God has given us is the truth? We are admonished through the spirit of prophecy that. The truth that we have is that as certain as God lives. There can be no other certain truth. There can be no other truth more certain than that God lives. Yet this is used as the evidence that the truth we have is just that it is the foundation that was laid in the beginning, set by the master builder, laid by the work of the apostles and prophets of old. It cannot change. It will not change. It is truth today. Truth it has always been. And truth it will forever remain. Satan, no matter how hard he can try, cannot change it into a lie. And nor will any other man. As an admonishment to those Who may question the truths that we hold as a people. Who may think that they may be no better. I would want to leave them and leave all of us with these fitting words. She says, It is eloquent for everyone to keep silence in regard to the features of our faith in which they acted no part. Who of us acted a part? And the establishment of those truths? Which of us were there when the apostles and prophets wrote and laid that foundation? Which of us were there when that foundation was laid again in the days of our pioneers, when it was restored? Have we acted a part in that? No, we have not. And so I would admonish us, it is to us today Those who are the inheritors of those precious promises. Who had no part in laying that foundation. No part in that work. To be silent. Silence to us in regard to these things is eloquence. I believe that is a strong admonishment to us. And to all who would find fault with the truths that God has given Let us be silent. Let us not seek to find fault. With the foundation that God has laid. For other foundation can no man lay. Than that which hath been laid. And that foundation. Standeth sure. To this day. Christ knows. Those that are his. Is it our desire. To be a part. To take our stand upon that foundation. Beloved, it behooves us upon whom the ends of the world are come to take our stand. If we cannot now, we will not then, when the great day of judgment comes. We must be willing to take our stand now. Shall we close with a word of prayer? Dear Father in heaven, Great and solemn are the truths given to us. Not only are they precious, above all price, inestimable in their value, but they hold to us weight tremendous weight. Father, they are great and solemn. And I pray, Father, that each and every heart here may be impressed with the solemnity of that word, that we might see it as it truly is, the word of God. And that, as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. May that be our prayer today. May that be our desire today. That we should live by nothing else than by that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. That we may make that foundation our own. That we will choose to live by every word that hath proceeded from thy mouth. Every word that is recorded in the scriptures, that we may make them our own, that the experience of the apostles and prophets, the experience of our pioneers, may be ours, that those messages may become ours, just as they were theirs. Father, we pray that these things may find root and take root in our heart we pray for strength and courage to take our stand for thee today. Let us not wait a moment longer, but let us take our stand with thy people upon that platform of truth. And I thank thee for hearing and answering our prayer. And we do ask all of these things in the precious name of thy Son, Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Standing on the Platform of Truth